In today's episode of Revival Podcast, my very own wife Esther and I are looking together at how the apostolic and the prophetic work together. Welcome to the Revival Podcast. I'm so excited that you're joining in today, watching. And and my prayer is that you've enjoyed the show so far. Uh, We've had some wonderful guests on with us, great truths being shared. And uh, my hope and prayer is that they are helpful in your journey in preparation for what God is doing and is beginning to do, to leading us into the fresh. And I'm delighted today to be joined by Esther. Many of you will know she's my wife. We've been married about 24, just over 24 years. Uh, Not about, 24 years we've been married. And so excited to have a conversation about what revival in our marriage, revival in our church ministry journey has looked like. And so thank you for being on this show today. Oh, no, it's great to be able to have a conversation. And our heart is to be really honest and open about the journey that the Lord has had us on. And it has been an amazing journey, but it's also had its highs and its lows. And describe it a bit like a river. There have been rapids at times where it's been accelerated, what God has been doing and thrilling, and then kind of deep, still waters as well. And so we just want to explore that um, in a very kind of authentic way and see how that helps us as we journey towards what God's got. And, and obviously, as we look back and then recap, it can sound like we know what we were doing all along. And the truth is, we don't really know what's unfolding season after season. It's the hindsight that allows us to glean wisdom. And my prayer is it's that wisdom that will help all of us in our journey as we pursue the Lord. Amen. And learning to trust God as we go along. Absolutely. He, he's a good father. He's in control. He knows us and knows exactly where we are. Uh, it's interesting, as we were preparing for this uh, show today, uh, Esther had a, a, a real, uh, I, I felt, a bit of wisdom around a metaphor that will help describe some of the journey. I like pictures. I like metaphors. I like parallels. And and the Lord's wonderful in how he hides this in nature and helps us to be able to understand what he's doing better. So would you share with, with, with us today what that was? Yeah, it's the parallel between what we've been going through and the journey that the Lord's had us on and a pregnancy. You know, about that intimacy that leads to conception, that leads to, you know, we're expectant and we're believing God uh, for something. We are carrying something. We're carrying this this, uh, move of God. And then working through the pregnancy, I just felt like the Lord was showing us, especially like last year, working through the first trimester, you know, the excitement of the new, and then the second and the third trimester, and then actually being in the labour room. And I think that's where we might end up with our conversation today about what is God doing currently, but we want to track back through what yeah. what God's done with us and through us. Yeah, very, very good. I love the way that he's the great architect and he architects things and it helps our understanding. Natural family, spiritual family, and natural birth, a move of the spirit birth. And, and I think if you spend time thinking about these things, you'll see parallels even in your own life, which help you to know what's coming in the next season. So let's go right back and we we started to reflect, if this is true, if this metaphor is helpful, and uh, let's say our own marriage, we, we got married and we obviously spoke about having children one day, and, and you're living with a promise, you're living with an expectation of something, 
uh, but it hasn't quite materialized yet. You're not pregnant, you're, it's gonna come one day, but you live with anticipation. I think the church has done that to some degree about what God is about to do on the earth. And so do you wanna speak into that a little bit about living with promise, living with expectation? Yeah, the desire to have a child, the desire for revival, the desire you know, to see a move of God has been in us for a long time and our journey doesn't start last year it goes back years you know that hunger that thirsting after God and creating a culture in our marriage in our home in our church um, you know of being attractive to the Holy Spirit by having a culture of prayer and saying Lord we want you to come and we don't only want you to come and visit, but we want you to come and stay. And so I think that prayer piece was really important in ushering in that kind of, of move of God. That and I guess we didn't know that when the Lord was doing it, but what he was doing was creating in us a thirst and, and we just felt we needed to pray. And our, uh, please hear me right, our responses were often a little bit broken. It wasn't that we saw the big picture, then sold out for big prayer. Um, but it kind of ebbed and flowed where we felt drawing into seasons of prayer and fasting as a church family or as an individual. And I would say, uh, like Lou Engel has said to me many times, he said, I've, I've failed at fasting as many times as I've succeeded in terms of set a day aside or I'm going to fast for 10 days and then fail at it and not fulfill the commitment. So hear us right in this. Sometimes when we're reflecting back, we think it's perfection that others have achieved. No, the Lord uses our broken efforts, but we realize early on as a, as a young person in school, there was a, there was a longing for prayer. Even before we knew that there was a revival story, the Lord was awakening. And maybe that's in your story that the Lord is, is awakening a thirst for prayer. And I know prayer has cropped up on these revival programs a number of times. It's a key factor. Individuals that pray, groups that come together to pray, lifestyles of prayer and fasting. And, and I know maybe we just mentioned a little bit about our experience in the last year in particular in the prayer piece, because I, I would say we've been praying for quite a few years, or we thought we were, um, and yeah, you want to share a little bit about the last year in prayer for us or anything else that's uh, yeah. sparking? Yeah, I think that the intimacy we realised last year had led to conception, that we were suddenly, everything had changed. Yeah. That we, you know, we were carrying this revival promise and what God had promised, um, revival was imminent. Something had happened and shifted. And even though like a pregnant woman in that first trimester, there's no physical change necessarily for anybody to notice around, but she knows that life now has changed forever. And I think we had that realization uh, last year that, oh my goodness, this is unbelievable. What we have been believing God for is now taking root, is taking place, and it's gonna change our lives, <laughs> our marriage, our family, our church. It's gonna change everything as we know it. And so we were, we were living with that promise and then realizing that out of the intimacy that conception had taken place. And this drove us into a deeper place of prayer and dependency, thinking things can't be like they have been. Things are gonna change forever. And so I think uh, we started to pray like we hadn't prayed before. We'd prayed separately, um, but now in, in that kind of beginning stage last year, we started to pray more together and we found it so fruitful. And yeah. so exciting. I think when you're first pregnant, there's such an excitement. And we knew it was such a grace when we started to pray together uh, for more time together. We knew a grace on it and an excitement in it um, in yeah, those yeah. initial stages. It, it's interesting. I think in the early days in all nations, we knew that the Lord wanted us to pray. We lived with guilt when we didn't pray enough individually and as a church. 
Uh, we started early morning prayer meetings about 11 years ago. Uh, we, we had one or two prayer meetings running every week anyway, but then it, it led to early mornings uh, and then some afternoons and then saying, could we create a prayer culture uh, encouraging people, you always pray first, you come to God first. So there's something in our DNA began to shift quite a few years ago where we realized the value and the importance of prayer. And yet it was still a journey that it, the culture hadn't quite come. I would say in the season that we're in, what we find ourselves, whether we're in the car or in the house, uh, it, stepping into the place of prayer in a moment, talking to the kids and suddenly somebody would just start saying, Father, you see this situation we're talking about, we're bringing it to you, would you help us? Or we're driving in the car, we've been talking about an issue and then without even saying, shall we pray, somebody starts to pray. I, I think that's the signs of a prayer culture forming. And uh, I've taught on this many times, even the, uh, it's actually Mike Bickle that originated it, pray 30 uh, 10 second prayers a day. Yes, have the long prayers, but those 10 second, 15 second prayers, Lord, I need your help right now. Would you show me what to do? That's a great prayer. And you pray those throughout the day. Lord, would you strengthen me right now? I need your help. I feel weak in myself. Would you strengthen my emotions? I didn't take long, but you live your life like that throughout the day, everything begins to shift. Yeah, and I think we move from discipline to delight. There was like a tipping point, something switched and happened. And just like when you, I don't know, you might discipline yourself to go to the gym and then you start to enjoy it and then you crave more. And I think that's been our journey in the place of prayer. You know, we did it because we knew we should. And then we fall in love with Jesus and we know this tipping point and we are hungry for more. And to the point that now we don't think we've arrived in the place of prayer. We think we just at the beginning and God is inviting us to go deeper and further with him. And it's so exciting to see this prayer culture taking root, not only in our lives, but in our children, watching them have their own kind of prayer walk with the Lord. Um, but also within the church family and what God's doing in this city and around yeah. the world is incredible. The place he's inviting people into yeah. in the place We've of prayer. We've been astounded at some of the uh, stories we're hearing from people locally here where we are who are working full time, they're not in ministry, uh, they're not paid by the ministry, and yet the Lord is calling them into yeah. four hours of prayer, four or five times a week, six hours of prayer, a few times a week, two hours of prayer. Well, is that really happening in the UK? Are people really being called to give 12 a.m. Uh, in the middle of the night till 4 a.m. to pray? Uh, so there's some very encouraging stories of people praying but it always starts in the small. So don't aim at the big to start with. Uh, do those short prayers, set aside 10 or 15 minutes of prayer. Uh, one of the phrases we're learning at the moment uh, through some training we're doing is we want uh, extraordinary multiplying prayer. If we're gonna be a movement, if we're gonna help see revival come, if we're gonna be an advancing church in the day, there's going to be extraordinary multiplying prayer as part of our lives. Uh, nothing short of that will do. So we, we don't want to weaken the ask, no. but start where you are. I think prayer has got us to where we are today. And prayer is the only thing that will take us into all that God's got for us. And so yeah. um, I think it's dangerous to start praying because God starts to do incredible things in us. Yeah. So it was last year that we suddenly realised that things had really changed and God had put something within us, this move of God that we'd been believing for. And it was interesting to see then the, the things that started to shift and change in us. 
um, the excitement for the new, the absolute disbelief that God was doing this. Is this really real? Is this really happening? Um, you know, we've been praying for it, believing for revival for so long. And now, God, are you doing it? And this kind of disbelief and excitement was there, um, wasn't it, right from the start? I guess we'd lived with prophetic promise and now we were in the birthing of prophetic process. Um, we could feel things shifting. We could feel things changing. And uh, there was, there was a, I guess there was a tremendous excitement, yeah. um, but there was also other mixed feelings going on in the midst of it. Changes. I think just like when you're um, first pregnant in the first trimester, you know, your taste buds change, everything changes. You know, the things that you loved before, you, you don't have a taste for them anymore. And I think we noticed straight away that our desire for prayer and God's word and to push into him was growing. And the desire for the things that we'd once found pleasure in was just diminishing. Yeah. Um, in the early stages of pregnancy as well, you can feel quite tired. And we felt quite tired at times with it all. Um, and just from the past season, I think, but just working through. Yeah, so there was, there was internal appetite changes. Yes. I, I've said that to Esther. One of the things for me is I used to enjoy watching a film uh, with the family and uh, over the last year have actually been irritated by the thing that would have caused me pleasure before. Uh, and just like, Lord, what is happening? My desires are changing. I don't want to be sitting here. I want to be before you. Not that we were big TV watchers at all. We don't watch TV generally, but I, I could feel it changing. But also there was appetite changes in ministry, things that we had been very involved in and very kind of committed to in our program of activities, things that lit our fire. All of a sudden we could feel that our tastes were changing, if you like, things were shifting. Yeah, yeah. We knew that there was so much change going on, but it was hard to articulate it. It wasn't very visible um, with the natural eye. It wasn't that there was a lot of conversation going on. It's just we knew internally something was really beginning to grow and take hold of us yeah. that was going to change. And I guess in that second trimester, they say that the centre of balance for the, the lady changes. I've never been there myself, but... Uh, and so, you know, the, because of the thing they're carrying, the baby they're carrying, or a move of God an organization is carrying, or people are carrying, the center of balance shifts. The way they walk, uh, the way they will sit, how often they might need rest, all of that begins to shift and move around. And I feel like we've sensed that in our spiritual lives, and we've seen that happening organizationally. And, and maybe there was a false thinking a few years ago, revival's coming, God's gonna move, we can keep doing everything we're doing, and all of a sudden something will change spiritually in the atmosphere. And what we're realizing, no, there's a center of balance shift, there's things that were important before that aren't important now, there's tastes that we had before, and there's new tastes coming into this new season. So be prepared for that, don't consider it strange. It was helpful for us to know that that happens in natural pregnancy. I think when, when Esther had taste change, she fancied salt and vinegar crisps yeah, breakfast, and breakfast. spaghetti bolognese anytime we went anywhere. She ordered that for her meal. And I was like, wow, I, I could predict what she's going to do. So uh, things shifted and moved and tastes changed. Yeah, and very kind of um, 
internal and almost like at the beginning of a pregnancy, you keep things very quiet, don't you? Just processing it all. And then you hit that second trimester where you start to share with the world. And then we hit a, a moment, didn't we, last year where we just felt like the Lord was saying, say what you see, you know, tell people what you're believing for, tell them what you're carrying. And even though we couldn't see the fullness of it, we started to speak um, what we could see. And we could feel then what was within us was starting to grow and it was um, starting to change the shape of things. And we just knew that, yeah, we had to adapt uh, to the changes that were going on. One of the significant things that happened for us in this last season was a, a growing understanding of the apostolic and the prophetic and the fivefold ministry. Um, we knew those phrases. We had read uh, the book of Ephesians and especially Ephesians 4 or Ephesians 2.20, uh, that the church is built on the foundations of apostles and prophets, that these gifts in Ephesians 4 have come by uh, Jesus has given them to us and they bring the body of Christ to maturity. Even though we had a bit of theology, we hadn't really lived in the experience of it, the manifestation of it. And I, I remember very clearly last year, the Lord starting to take us on a journey of the importance of the apostolic gift and the importance of the prophetic gift and then working together and releasing and helping the, the fivefold ministries come into the fullness of who they are. We see apostles as fathers, as builders, as those who lay foundations uh, marked by gentleness and humility, first in authority, but least in privilege. It's an upside down kingdom that we're in. I, I think over the last 30 years or so, there's parts of the earth where apostolic has become almost the top of a pyramid. And I actually believe that they're the foundation and they help others to become everything that the Lord has for them. And so uh, we recognize, and I know this is controversial for some, that there's an apostolic grace upon my life, that there's a prophetic grace on Esther's life, and that not every married couple would it would work like that, it's just the way it is for us, but that working together, the seeing gift, uh, the building gift, and coming together both as a mother and father, um, yeah. So that's been an interesting journey for us. Yeah, interesting and exciting as well and liberating. And I think the, the recognition of the need for the body, the need for the family, the need for one another is just fantastic. And it's so rich. And so for us, that was new to discover that we could work together in a different way, kind of praying together processing, hearing God together. And I think in a natural pregnancy as well, you start to prepare to be a mother and a father. And so God's had us on a journey of what does it look like to mother and father a movement? What does it look like to mother and father a move of God? And so that's been a great journey as well, because that's all about laying our lives down for others. That's all about serving and seeing others go further than ourselves. And that is our heart for our children. That's our heart for what God is birthing on the earth. Lord, would you do more through those that you are raised? than we have ever seen. Mm. Yes, yeah, so I, I think one of the things I've learned is the importance of us working together. I've said to Esther so many times over the last year, I need you by my side. And this sense of I need her ears, I need her eyes, I need her perspective. And, and maybe like five years ago or 10 years ago, I thought, I, I got it, I know what I'm doing. Uh, but as the Lord's unfolding us into the new, realizing the need for the wider body. He hasn't given his gifts to one individual. He spreads them out. And not only do we need each other, we need the other fivefold ministry gifts working together. And, and what they will help birth is true Christian community, uh, life in the spirit, 
the koinonia that the New Testament speaks about, I believe that without the apostolic, without the prophetic, and without the fivefold, that cannot be birthed into the earth. So we're going to see apostolic communities beginning to rise, and it's a really important part of what's coming. There can be no advance without true apostolic communities. There can be no true apostolic communities without the restoration of apostles and prophets and the fivefold. And yet they're gonna to work together. They're gonna to work in harmony. There's not gonna be a competitiveness. To, there's gonna be a coming together in who they are. Yeah, and I think that the prayer piece is so important in asking for the oil of the Holy Spirit to flow through all of our relationships uh, because uh, it's exciting to work together but also it has its challenges and we have to work through those as well because we'll see things from different perspectives and that complements and works really well but also yeah. we just have to have the humility uh, to love and prefer one another and I think we found that a challenge as well as yeah. an enjoyment. Yeah absolutely yeah. absolutely uh, so let's take a little shift um, we're using this analogy. If I can, let's take us straight into the birthing room. And I know that's fast forwarded. <laughs> so uh, I, I remember when Esther was pregnant with Bethany in particular, because we hadn't been through this process before. Um, we had a, a bag packed. We, you had a bag packed. Uh, we were ready to go at any moment. And I think it was one night, 11 o'clock at night, I'm in bed just dropping off and Esther kind of nudges me and said, I think it started. And it was like all action stations and uh, end up in the hospital and we're in the birthing room. Your sense of where the church is right now, are we in that room? Uh, is there something happening? Yeah, I think that the Lord's had the church on this journey of going through all of the, the trimesters and the seasons of a pregnancy. And I do believe that right now we are in the labour room, that the church in the UK has entered the maternity board. And uh, this isn't actually something I, I said, somebody else said it to me, that they feel like this is going to be a home birth. But actually what God is about to birth in the United Kingdom is a revival for the United Kingdom that's going to be birthed here. Um, I believe that we're in the labour stages we're in the, the, the moment where, where you might think, I don't know whether I've got the strength now to, to go through with this. I don't know whether I want to go through with this, but we've come so far and now we're about to see the fulfillment of a promise. And there's pain in the birthing and there's pain in the pioneering, but we know that, you know, it is costly, but it is worth it to have children. And I believe that the move of God that he wants us to birth on the earth right now is going to cost us everything but it's gonna be worth it. And we will look back and we'll say, I am so glad that I was alive in these days and I was able to see what God wanted to birth on the earth. Yeah, I remember Esther saying to me uh, in that first labor with Bethany, she looked at me with fear in her eyes and she said, I don't know if I can do this. And there was a sense of, could I change my mind right now? And I'm like, you can't undo the pregnancy, you can't go back. Um, there's a phrase yesterday that I said to Esther, my boy sent me a video, they'd gone out, uh, biking and part of the video one of the videos they recorded was them jumping over a canal not on their bikes just running up and jumping over and I'm like oh dear me what are they doing and I've seen them watch enough YouTube videos on this of people who fail at something like that and the number one issue that people face is when they get to the edge and they're about to jump they don't fully commit if you don't fully commit you're gonna end up in the water or you're gonna end up hitting the edge and you're gonna hurt yourself. And we just really sense it's in that labor room, some churches, ministries, you have got to fully commit to what the Lord is doing. There's a singleness of focus. Um, you know, when, when Esther went into labor, 
nothing else mattered. If there was dishes that needed washing up in the kitchen, they just stayed there. If there was bills that needed paying that I was gonna do that day, they were just left. Anything that was in my diary for that day was put on hold. We were right now in a birthing room. This was the most important part of our lives up until that time. And we were like, nothing else has our focus except that. Yeah. And I, I think that's important for us. Yeah, I think the word focus is really, really important um, in this season, not to be distracted, not to dull our senses either. We need to be fully awake, fully sober um, and eyes fixed on Jesus in this season and only push when the Holy Spirit gives us the permission to push, um, to save our energy, to focus on, on what's at hand um, and to co-labor with the, the Holy Spirit. In yeah. this time. So this is where we are right now. This is where the Lord has us as his church. And, and our, our challenge to you or encouragement to you would be, it is uncomfortable. There, there is a, a deep, we feel it all the time, massive pressure at times, joy at times. Um, sometimes we look at each other and say, can we do this? And, and yet hearing the Lord saying, be fully committed to what I'm calling you to do. There is a stirring of the Spirit across the land. There is unprecedented activity of the Holy Spirit. It needs a singleness of focus from those who are in to birth what the Lord is doing. We must not hold back. We must fully commit to what God is asking from us at Amen. this time. Amen. Is, there, is there anything you want to add to that? Um, I just say the importance of encouraging one another in this season. You know, obviously, when you're in that birthing room, for Steve to say, you can do this. You know, women have had babies for years. This is natural. It's going to be fine. <laughs> um, just cheering me on was helpful. And, you know, we know that there have been moves of God in the past, and that is helpful. But this baby is going to be unique. Yes, it might, it might look like something from the past, but it's going to be specific and unique. And I also feel there's going to be multiple births. You know, we believe we're a movement of movements. And uh, I know that people watching this, you are expectant. You are in that birthing room right now. And I want to encourage you not to give up, not to settle, not to think I can't do this and stop. No, just fix your eyes. It's, it's going to happen. Yep. It's going to happen. This revival is imminent and you have come too far to go back. So I really want to encourage people to keep pursuing what God has put within you. And find your community that you're going to run with. Yes. Uh, I, I think one of the things that has helped us enormously is to be surrounded by people who are an encouragement. So on a day where we're feeling the pressure, there's somebody else will send us a prophetic word and they'll say, hey, just praying for you this morning, the Lord said this. Or on a day where somebody else is feeling slightly destabilized by all that's going on in the midst of the birthing, that we can be an encouragement to them. And I would say part of what the All Nations movement does, the tribe that we're in, uh, which is ministry and churches all across the UK and beyond in, in the States and in other nations, is that we, we find a tribe that we are running with and it provides encouragement to us. It has been a huge source of strength and of courage and of hope as we've uh, met with others, encouraged one another, prayed together, listened to the Holy Spirit together as well. So I feel excited that, you know, um, when we give birth, that is not the end. That is the beginning of new life. That is the beginning of the most exciting journey of, of, of seeing that child grow. And I want to encourage you, this isn't the end. This is just 
the beginning. And what God is about to do is, is far more special than any of us can understand or realise. And um, it's just going to be a privilege to see what God is birthing, birthed um, at this time. And, and the need for, there's that saying, you know, that it takes a village to raise a child, you know, that we need community, we need family to support us. And that can be humbling uh, as a mother, as a father, but we need the input of one another to raise um, and to sustain this move of God that is about to be poured out. Yeah, yeah. I remember being very shocked the first few weeks after Bethany was born. And my shock was, I thought the pregnancy then the birthing and the delivery, and we're done. Life goes on as normal. And realize actually life never went back to normal. And yeah, absolutely changed forever. And, and I think it's important to consider that. Things are not gonna be the same again. Don't fight to go back to what was. Um, programs change, uh, calendars change, responsibilities change. There's a new way of living and being. If you can embrace it even before the birthing, it'll help your adjustment to the new that's coming. And so part of what I think the Lord is getting us to do as the Spirit is moving is making sure that our structures for handling harvest are gonna be healthy, reproducible, and able to handle many, many people coming into the kingdom. And so the, the move of God is only the beginning. As the Lord begins to move, it's gonna mean a major shift in what we do, where our focus is, and if we start asking the Lord for wisdom and for help now, it prepares us for that moment rather than being shocked like I was. My, my life has changed. My nights are interrupted. Esther's nights are interrupted. Uh, our own relationship was challenged during that. Well, as children come along, we can't live as a couple without children. It changes everything. But if you embrace it, it actually enriches everything. It makes it better. Amen. It makes it better. That's what I was going to say yeah, as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, It's healthier. It's more fruitful. It yeah. adds joy. Yeah, that's yeah. right. So we were born for such a time as this. And I want to encourage all of us. This, these are the days that we were born for. And uh, to give it absolutely everything, to throw off everything that hinders, as the Bible says, and, you know, run with perseverance, the race marked out for us. We are filled with hope and we want you to be filled with hope and a new strength today as we, as we together move into all that God has got for us. Yeah, and no doubt if you reflect on your journey that you will see that the Lord has been doing something in you for years, preparing you for such a day as this, such a moment as this. Uh, the word spoken to Esther in Esther 4.14, and maybe you came to royal position for such a time as this. I wanna to say to you, in the midst of the pain, confusion, uh, the enemy trying to challenge your identity, the Lord would say, you were born for such a day like this. I'm gonna ask Esther to pray for us, and then I will pray as well. And uh, we're just gonna ask the Lord to minister to you right now where you are. Yeah, Father, we just wanna thank you that you are with us. Father, you are with us. Father, and we just say thank you. We love you, Jesus. And I pray that everyone watching right now would just know your wraparound presence, your love for them. Would you fill us with your hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Give us eyes to see, Father, what you're doing and ears to hear what you're saying. Give us the strength to follow through on all that you are leading us into in this season. We commit ourselves to you, Father, and we just declare your kingdom come, your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven, in Jesus' name. Yeah. And Father, I pray that you would hold people steady. 
in the midst of the swirl of all the changes and activities, the enemy trying to hit things, I pray that you would hold people steady. I pray that their mind, their will, their emotions will be strengthened by the Holy Spirit supernaturally. I pray that you'd help us to be a revival ready people, not just living in the dream of it, but embracing the changes, embracing the obedience that's required, embracing the intimacy with the Father, embracing that that prayer life that you're calling us to and saying yes to the changes that are needed. I thank you that there is great joy on its way. And I thank you that even Jesus, uh, the word spoken about him was for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. And I pray for the joy set before us, uh, the joy of many coming to faith, the joy of obeying Christ Jesus, the joy of being involved in the purposes of God, that we would hold steady, fix our eyes on Christ, and say yes to the journey ahead of us. I pray that you would fill those watching today with tremendous hope in Jesus' name, amen. I want to encourage you that the Revival Podcast is on iTunes, on Google, on Spotify. We're also posting the videos up onto YouTube. So do make sure you follow us on all of those platforms that you use.